This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kia ora everyone, my name is Harina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast The Arenality. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton and Coast Access Radio in Horofenwa and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin, and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, Hello from New Zealand. So, the RNLT is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. So, for today's episode, we have Andrea Go. She is a food science student at the University of Otago, and she's my brother's best friend. Um, like, I've known her for a while, but I've never really had a chat with her, so I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Irina. Thanks for um, inviting me on the show. Yay. I've been listening for so long, but it's coming back turn. <laughs> Yay! Yes, like, uh, you, were, you have always been in the list, but because you're Hi. from Malaysia, I didn't want it to be like a Malaysian show, like, too biased. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So switch things up a bit. <laughs> um, yay, so um, introduce yourself to our listeners. Cool, okay, so my name's Andrea. I've been in New Zealand for about, let's say, two and a half years now. Yeah, so it's been been a while. feels like it's only been less than a year, but it's time flies. Uh, I'm from Malaysia. I, yeah, I'm studying here, doing food science, and yeah, just looking forward to graduating really <laughs> hmm. and um so you came to new zealand two years ago were you doing something like off-site b- during covid time and you came back oh. for quarantine like you did the whole quarantine stuff right yeah i did miq so the timeline is um i arrived in new zealand june of 2019 did foundation year with your brother finished february 2020 and then went back home to malaysia at that time, I had no idea that COVID was going to hit. Oh, no. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to be back home for a while and I'll come back. <laughs> but COVID hit, so I was like, oh, I'll probably just have to defer another semester. Hmm. Because, yeah, it's just not possible. So, yeah, things ch- turned around and then did MIQ when I came back here in New Zealand, July 2020. Hmm. Which was very interesting. I wouldn't say it's bad. It's, yeah, it's interesting People serve you food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't really have to do anything. <laughs> for a week, there. right? Like, yeah, uh... for two weeks. It was two <gasps> weeks back then. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. But, yeah. I'm, uh, thankfully, I get to come back here. Yeah. And continue my studies. Yeah. Yeah. And July 2020, that's still, like, new? Like, new pandemic? Yeah. Mm. But I think New Zealand just got out of lock, like lockdown one, the first one. Mm, yeah. So true. my mom was like, you, you should go back now. If not, you can't go back anymore. <laughs> and good timing, you know, when you yeah. came back July. Yeah. yeah. So I started second semester. Mm. Well, mm. thank you for that introduction. Um, so maybe we'll talk about your studies. Um, so mm. you're doing food science. Um, yeah. And you're in your second year. How's that going? Not too bad. It's progressively getting a lot more busy especially the transition from first year second year and then going to third year next semester so 
I can definitely feel the stress, but it's something that I'm enjoying. So that's that helps a lot. So why yeah. are you enjoying food science? Oh, good question. <laughs> I I never really wanted to study food science ever since I was young. I think it was a decision I made after foundation year. Yeah. Um, I always grew up wanting to be a dentist. If not a dentist, a piano teacher. <laughs> so <laughs> the yeah, extremes very different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think what drew me to food science was because I started realizing that I really enjoy chemistry, and I think food science is one of the sciences that is very tangible. Like you can see the science actually happening in front of you, and you eat food every day, so you can see the science happening in front of you in your life. Rather than, I'm not gonna bash other sciences, but like <laughs> physics and bio. I mean, yes, but I really like chemistry, and that's why I realized. So that's why I chose food science, mm. and. Yeah, um, the just the size behind all the different kinds of foods that you eat is very it's just very interesting to me. Yeah. Mm. And while studying, you also work part time. Yes, I do. Yeah, so I'm working as a support worker. Um, yeah, I started working ever since I got into uni. I think yeah, twenty twenty, because. Um, I think first semester of uni was really, I wouldn't say I was really free, but I felt like I could do something more with my free time. Mm. So I went on student job search. I was like, mm, is there any other part-time jobs I can take up? Maybe earn some extra cash. So I saw an advertisement for a support worker. And uh, yeah, I, I just took up the job um, without really expecting anything. But I grew to really enjoy the job because I work for a disabled woman she cannot really move her joints. So it's difficult for her to do day-to-day activities. So uh, when I go to a house and help her, I help her with her hair, her, just her, just every day. So in the morning, I go and help her get ready for the day. And then in the evening, I go again to help her get ready for bed, basically. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really meaningful job to help someone with their day-to-day activities. It and must be. It's a meaningful way to spend my free time rather than scrolling on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And like, um, I'm sure you would be waking up early as well for the yes. job. Huh? And it's yeah. a good like... Um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I do dread it a bit because sometimes I can see my flatmates waking up at 10am <laughs> yeah, like enjoying their morning. <laughs> but I'm here like scrubbing through my things, trying to get to the, the place I work at like 8.30 in the morning. So it's, yeah, it's quite tiring. But um, I think it's worth it because it's very fulfilling yeah yeah like the act of helping you know and making someone's life better i think that's the yeah yeah, the pleasure Mm -hmm. oh that's great and um you also volunteer at your church yes i do so i go to rice church um the things i do in church differ sometimes uh i'm on the worship team and I'm also part of a team called People Care. So People Care is a team where um, uh, you you sort of come to you come to church early, just like every other volunteer. But what you do is you are in church welcoming people when they come. So um, that's a nice way to connect with people as well. Just saying hi, making their day before they come to church. Yeah. So I do worship team and I do people care. 
Yeah. You sound like such a people person <laughs> from the conversation we had so far. <laughs> I like helping people, but I wouldn't say I'm great at connecting with people. Mm. Yeah, I am an introvert, like very strongly an introvert. But I like the act of helping other people. Mm. Just seeing people's day made better is makes me happy. <laughs> And it's great that you are making steps to. Connect with people uh, by you know working volunteering on top of your studies. I think that's very good. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> um, yay! So let's talk about your cultural identity. Um, so you identify as Malaysian Chinese, uh, and as a Malaysian Malay, like I've had a lot of Malaysian Chinese friends, and because Malaysia mm-hmm. is so diverse, you know, like we all uh, are friends with each other. Can you tell us like what makes you Malaysian Chinese? Um, I think just my upbringing and what I've been used to since young, that what that's what really makes me feel like I'm Malaysian Chinese. Although yes, my birth cert and like passport everything says I am Malaysian Chinese, but I think truly I feel like the most Malaysian Chinese when I'm at home. So like with my mom and dad and my sister and as well as the people that I grew up with. So like my my friends. Yeah, childhood friends. Yeah. Yeah. And when was the last time you went back? It was you haven't went back. Oh, I haven't went back since yeah, since when I did MIQ, which was July of twenty twenty. Mm. Not as long as you, but it's been a while. <laughs> but still, yeah. Um, yeah. Are you planning to co- go back anytime soon? Yes, going back end of this year after semester two during mm. the summer. You know the beautiful thing now about border um, recovery, borders are opening. Is these stories that people mm-hmm. are coming back or people are going home and meeting their families. Yeah. I think it's um, it's so beautiful, you know, to hear yeah. people reconnecting again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what are the kinds of traditions or festivals that you have with your family in Malaysia? Hmm. I would say for me, I'm probably an outlier because my family isn't that big compared to a lot of Chinese families. Chinese families tend to be like huge with like, like if someone can have like 20 cousins and that's like normal, but I don't really have a lot of cousins. My family isn't that big. So festivals and traditions aren't really like a big thing celebrated in my family. Although we do do the occasional like visiting my grandparents' house during Chinese New Year, but Yeah, not really. Yeah, not really like a big hardcore <laughs> festival or tradition kind of family. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but what were the things that you remember growing up that when you reflect on, like being New Zealand, that's so different. Hmm. Um. I think it's just the conversations that you have with people. Yeah, because sometimes. Back home, you can just be yourself, you know, like, oh, you can talk about anything because that's what you grew up with and that's what you're used to. But when you're here, it's a whole new different environment and you're like sort of a bit closed off because you don't know if people will judge you or people will like tell tell other people about what they had. What am I saying? What they are talking to you about, like the conversations that you guys had. So I definitely feel like that's one of the most shocking thing when I came here in terms of culture that the conversations I have with people are a lot uh, uh, yeah it's quite different hmm. now yeah. I really understand that I think because um, people are 
people have different cultures than you. They have yeah, different exactly. upbringing. So, like, you don't have the, like, um, a base of understanding mm-hmm. of, like, you know, this is how it's like. Things work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. No, I totally get, get that. Um, did you ever question, like, your belonging when you were a student here? Yes. A lot of times, actually. Because coming here was a really tough decision that I had to make. It wasn't out of my own willingness, long story short. But um, I grew to slowly um, realize um, sometimes you don't have to always know why things happen. So like, yeah, um, I have questioned my identity and my belonging when I'm here because... Um, again, family is not here. My my good friends are not here, and especially when we scroll social media, mm. all my friends are back home enjoying their time, spending time with each other, and I'm here alone <laughs> yeah. trying to study. <laughs> yeah, but it has been tough. But I think what helps is uh, friends, so friends I made along the way, like your brother Myra, another of my close friends. Church also helps. So yeah, I think. Um, not dwelling on the fact that I feel like I don't belong helps a lot. Find something that I can put my hope in. Yeah. And you said Mm. that coming here wasn't a choice. (laughs) I do want for us to talk about that. Sure. mm. Yeah, so it has a little bit to do about my spiritual upbringing as well. Um, So if you go back when I was probably seven years old, My dad came here to New Zealand from Malaysia to work and to study at the same time. And um, the main reason, well, one of the reasons maybe was because he came here to get me and my sister a permanent resident visa. So then we can, it's sort of like future planning, you know, I'll come here and study and work at the same time so that my daughters can come here Mm. to get better education and for a cheaper price because, you know, residents pay less than international students. So that was his plan and it worked out. So he went back home from New Zealand to Malaysia when I was about 12. And then ever since then, from primary school up until when I graduated secondary school, it was always like when my friends always asked me, oh, where do you think you'll study for uni? I said, oh, I'm going to New Zealand. And they wouldn't understand because, you know, not many people in Malaysia go to New Zealand to study. Mm. It's always the standard Australia, UK, UK. US. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So people were a bit confused, but I had to explain to them. And um, yeah, so when it came for the time for me to choose where I wanted to go to study for uni, I felt a bit forced, not going to lie, because of the fact that my dad had already planned out my future for me, basically. And I couldn't really make the choice for myself if I wanted to stay home to study or go to New Zealand. But I think what really solidified my my decision was um, well, this is the spiritual side, which is um, in the Bible, God said that we should honour our family, so honour our dad and our mom. And um, so I think my decision was very heavily based on that because um, I wanted to honour my dad and all the hard work that he has put in for me and my sister. So then... Yeah, um, although I didn't really want to come, I think I made the decision um, to respect my dad and the time and the effort that he's put in and also to um, obey what he has planned for me, basically. Mm. Yeah, and 
it was hard when I first came here because that was in my mind. I was like, I don't want to be here. Why am I here? I'm forced to be here. <laughs> that was my thoughts. So it was really negative, like the first three or four months. But I think slowly after after I made friends, after I found a group of people that I can um, be with in New Zealand, uh, I think I slowly found that it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not as bad as I thought. And uh, yeah, like everything happens for a reason. Although if Although I I don't really know the reason right now, but maybe a few years down the road I don't know. Or if, I might not know, but it's part of my life and my my journey. So yeah, I teared up a bit when you <laughs> shared this because I think I understand your dad um, as a migrant. You know right. him thinking about um, you know he wants a better life for his children so he plans mm-hmm. um, something that you know a, a dad would do um, yeah um, and yeah like like 10 15 years later here you are and of course mm-hmm. you're gonna feel like you know it's not it wasn't a choice yeah. uh, but uh, for you to um, you know think about your spiritual self and um, the connection that you have with your dad I think mm-hmm. it's a very um like an Asian thing yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. So I understand that. Like, I, I think um, some people wouldn't because yeah. they were not raised um, in a collectivistic culture where yourself also depends on, like, your family and, like, your community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally understand what you mean. And I think a lot of people will understand that as well. Um, yes. Yeah, the sacrifices we make for our future can also be because of what our family wants us to do yeah Mm -hmm. but I think one thing that I'm really grateful for is that my parents never really forced me to like study anything specific yes that is a really good thing (laughs) yeah in Asian culture especially Chinese culture you should be a doctor you should be a lawyer Uh, (laughs) so I'm grateful that my parents are not like that but yeah yeah they're quite lenient on what you do every day yeah yeah (laughs) hmm Wow, um, I'm really glad that you know you opened up about this because um, it's a really big part of your story, and I'm glad it that is. people will listen. Mm. Um, and I realized that you're also like you're you have a strong faith to your mm. religion. Um, has that always been part of your family dynamics? Um, I would say partly. I don't think my parents per se were a huge influence in my relationship with God, but mostly the church that I grew up in. Yeah, so I would say compared to my other friends who grew up with me in church, most of their upbringing in the faith was mostly from their parents. I would say mine is mostly based on my friends. Mm. So yeah, which is really interesting to talk about. Hmm. And mm-hmm. when you came to New Zealand, you were able to find a church that fits um, mm-hmm. where you want to be. Because I know that a lot of um, my Christian friends, they they had to find a church that fits them. And sometimes mm-hmm. it wasn't like the church that they wish was where, where they want mm-hmm. to be. And yeah. um, how was that experience for you? It was tough. I think the first three months... I was church hopping. They call it church hopping mm, when you're like yep. looking for a church that suits you. After church hopping for a while, I like completely stopped going to church because I couldn't find a church that like fit 
my like what I like or what suited me. So I was watching online. You know, it was locked down and whatnot. So mm. I was watching online, and then I I was doing I was uh, I was spending some quiet time alone with God, and I think uh, I was just praying and asking God to show me which church which church was the best. And um, it wasn't an immediate answer, but I feel like over time, through reading the Bible and praying, uh, I think one thing that was the most prominent was that God told me no church is perfect. There will be no church that's perfect and um, every church will have its flaws. So as long as uh, you yourself uh, uh, abide in God, that, that's the most important thing. So I think that was the pivotal moment of when, you know, I decided to go back church hopping again, but with a different mindset rather than finding something that could um, benefit me as a churchgoer. I found a church that could um, help me in my growth as a Christian so that I can benefit the church instead mm-hmm. and to benefit the people who go to church. So yeah, that I think that main thing that changed was my mindset. So that really helped me find a church that really suit me when I'm here in New Zealand. Mm, that's beautiful, you know. Um, I think it's hopeful as well for our other Christian friends who want to come to New Zealand, you know. Yeah. They might, I think the separation anxiety with their previous church, would they would feel that, you know, and yeah. they would feel like they'd have to find new community, a new community, and that's really scary. Mm. Mm-hmm. But that's very good advice. Mm. Um, so let's talk about your hobbies. I know that you play music. You want to tell us yes. about that? <laughs> yeah, I play the piano. Um, been playing the piano since I was a young kid, <laughs> when I was like three, I think. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. Um, yeah, I yeah, I think I yeah, I only play the piano. I wish I could play the guitar though, especially the electric guitar. Ooh. Like when I'm on TikTok, I'm like looking at girls who, who like play electric guitar. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I wish I could play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm really grateful for this skill that I have. Although a lot of people, well, at least my friends in the Asian community, I feel like parents always force their kids to like take up a certain hobby and then they grow to like hate it. But I'm grateful that I actually love this skill that I have. So, mm. yeah, um, playing music is really a big part of my life because I I do it, oh, I actually do it as a minor in uh, uni, so oh, I do a music minor. Yeah. Cool. So that's just another part of my music life that I'm interested in, to learn, like, different, because in uni, I don't really take practical papers. I take, like, theory papers that talk about music in uh, Asia, music in Africa, music in New Zealand, in Pacific. So I think that's, like, a good addition to my musical journey, to learn about music all across the world. But other than uni, I play my piano and sing when I'm stressed. <laughs> mm. Yeah, just play, play my heart out, sing my heart out when I'm stressed or sad or tired. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And who knows, maybe... to express my emotions. Yeah, and ma- like maybe that. you'd want to um, learn electric guitar one day, you know? At least you have yeah. the skills I mean, of I, reading I have musical. <laughs> electric guitar is so expensive. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one last thing we should talk about is well-being, you know? Um, I really love this conversation I have with my guests, like how do you take mm-hmm. care of your well-being? 
because um, yeah. a lot of people need to hear this at any yeah. point of their <laughs> lives. Um, so yeah. can you share with us? Okay, so first thing I really like to do to take care of my well-being is to literally just sleep. Because I think sleep is so underrated nowadays. People are so like uh, caught up in the busyness of life. They're like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this. And they don't take care of their own health, literally their own health. So I think sleeping is so underrated, but it's so important um, to take care of your own well-being. Mm. Um, second thing is taking a walk also underrated <laughs> because I think people well the conversations I have with my peers when they talk when I talk about taking a walk they're like oh this is so boring like why don't you go for a run or go to the gym which is valid that's also a form of exercise but for me I think the most the most efficient way I can take time to process my thoughts is when I'm taking a walk and I'm looking at nature and seeing the things around me that like slows down my thoughts and try to process like what I'm thinking so that I don't get too overwhelmed yeah it's a good way to like slow down mm-hmm. I usually I, I like to take a walk when um I finish work because uh, after work I I just walk home although it's a really long walk I actually enjoy the time I take to walk because yeah if if I take the bus or if I take an uber back that like takes me five minutes and then I go back to whatever I was doing doing my assignment doing I don't know cooking dinner mm. or something but if I take the time to walk for like 45 minutes I get to at least slow down think about like what has been happening throughout the day and then go home and you know I feel better I don't feel so stressed about everything that I have to do yeah mm. that's great mm. you know you don't want to take the convenient road by you know yeah. taking the bus um, but by making time and using energy to walk <laughs> that's not just the only benefit you're actually posing your mind yeah mm. that's really great thank you so much Andrea I really like the sleep part um, that's something I'm working on now um, I yeah. start work a lot earlier these days um, mm. so I've been trying to sleep a lot earlier I've tried a lot yeah. of things like put lavender oil you know just to make me oh, feel yeah, sleepy yeah. Um, yeah. so far it's been working so I'm quite glad yeah. about that <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I think one thing that is really important is to take naps as well mm. throughout the day if you have time obviously but yeah yeah not so easy when you're working <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> I'm like I'm like dreading the moment I graduate and when I have to go to work because I'm so used to taking naps in the middle of the day yeah it, it will be a <laughs> hard fresh like during work yeah <laughs> you might need to ask your boss for a designated like like 50 minute yeah, naps yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so fun talking to you today Andrea thank you so much oh, for thanks. being here on our show thanks for inviting me <laughs> that is the end of our episode of the Arnality today I hope you learn a lot about Andrea's story on her relationship with her church uh, the reason why she came to New Zealand and her passion for music if anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizelarina at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at arinaizel. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arinality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.